Well, that's the National Syndicated Price of Business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And one of my favorite uh, to talk to you about what's happening in business is my guest this segment, Dr. Cassandra Smith. You know, I, any long-term listener of the show knows that we've done an extensive series with a New York Times bestselling author. It's one of the largest series, in fact, outside of the uh, New York Times audio platform. Uh, same with our series that we've done with Washington reporters, the largest outside of the Washington Post. Uh, archive, and so we're always interested in high-quality, uh, regular guests on the program, and Dr. Cassandra Smith is a personal favorite and a listener favorite as well. She, and I think part of the reason why is if she has a big niche when it comes to helping businesses and helping people, and really talking about something that a lot of businesses don't even want to touch, uh, and yet that's exactly where they have to go if want to really change way their business operates. Uh, Cassandra, always glad having you on the program. Before we get started, real quickly, real quickly, tell us about what you do. Sure. Thank you. Hi, Kevin. Always a pleasure to be here. I'm Cassandra Smith. As you mentioned before, my company is McBride & Smith Training Advisory Group, and we specialize in training, specifically all training for leaders and employees as well. But we believe that healthy leadership is the root of a good culture, a cultural a cultural work environment, and then that trickles down to the employees, and that's going to cause them to be motivated and also do well with customer engagement. So that is our specialty, all things training, specifically for leaders and people managers. Yeah, absolutely. And real quickly, the website is um, McBrideSmithTraining.com, correct? Correct. Thank you. Yeah, and real quickly, what is a confidence slayer? We use that language a lot. It's pretty obvious, but at the same time, a little clarity. What is it when we say confidence slayer? Sure. So I wrote a book called Confidence Slayer, Fragile Souls. And a confidence slayer is anyone who, by uh, word, action, innuendos, create more barriers to getting the work done in the workforce than necessary because these individuals are concerned about career progression, upward mobility, and all that is fine, but not at the expense of others. So the slayer metaphorically means that they're making the work environment much more complicated than it has to be and rendering employees helpless when it comes to and coworkers or, or whomever, um, helpless when it comes to really gaining their confidence back to stand in their talents and do their job successfully. So a slayer is essentially that person that brings the company down, and it could be a people leader as well as a coworker. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so with that, perfect segue. Uh, so, you know, your book has created so much budge, so much interest. And again, it's got such a unique niche out there. Do you think people will realize they have constitutive slayer attributes as they read it and therefore do a better job when uh, leading and or engaging with others? Talk a little bit about that. And by the way, we think it's always bosses. It should just be the bully co-employee too, right? 
Right, exactly, right, exactly. Anyone, and I sure hope so. I sure hope so that these individuals start to be more reflective on the things that they're doing to make that work environment much more accommodating than it has to be. The breakdown in the workforce is people-driven, and one might argue that it's process-driven, and that's true. It could be that as well, but the people create the operational processes. And I've been engaged with teams when everyone is a subject matter expert on a topic, but no one is taking ownership. Or they're showboating, and these type qualities render teams ineffective and employees unmotivated. Now, if you're a people manager or leading a team, it's incumbent upon you to recognize toxic work environments. And if you are the issue, to implement steps to do better. The customer experience matters, but employee experience does as well. And a good example is retail. I talk about this in the book. If the confidence layers are the leaders, how's that showing up, you know, Kevin, in the front line? So say, for instance, you go to a popular store, and the end-to-end journey is a nightmare. Then consumers go to social media, and they blast the company. So why isn't it critical enough to get ahead of the customer? Uh, why isn't it critical enough to get ahead of that employee experience? And then keeping the same leaders over and over again, and it's just ineffective that those leaders who are confidence layers. It's simple math. Yeah. I, I'm amazed at how many employees miss out on this employers. They have good workers but would rather keep D-level performing managers because they look and sound the part. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a great example, I, I uh, interviewed uh, one of the uh, uh, vice presidents of Chick-fil-A, fascinating company, and uh, Chick-fil-A, to me, one of the most astonishing things is how employee-centric it is. Um, about hiring team players, people that are going to get along and work together as a group. They're very, very careful about uh, you know training people on how not only with customers but how to engage with one another. They have that all on the front end. Uh, things that you know we automatically conclude is uh, done for religious reasons. It certainly plays a role when taking Sunday off. Uh, they want their employees to know that they are guaranteed one day off a week in an industry where that virtually never happens. And so, uh, you know, and we, and we see, we see. Unfortunately, I can't talk about that as much as we do uh, employers that browbeat. You know, it's almost like we celebrate bad guys. Uh, but Chick Fil A yeah. has an incredibly unique model for business that's not considered very unique. That's true. You can say the same thing about uh, Southwest Airlines. So very, very employee centric. Uh, they do little, little training exercises or uh, engagements to not training, really interview engagements where uh, they'll ask someone to come and uh, present about themselves or talk and to engage with the larger group. And everyone thinks it's being done in order to see how effective or good they're going to be at that. Rather, what's, what they're watching is how do the other uh, potential employees act when that person is engaging with them. Uh, and the action, they support them, they uh, train them off. And those, those are the people they target to end up hiring. And so a lot of this stuff has been done, but it's not really focused on. And I think it should be celebrated. Exactly right. Your B and C suite level manager should be performing top notch, not 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 substandard. And all those examples that you pointed out, 
those are leaders who get it. And if leaders want to do better, investing even in some type of leadership diagnostic tool to check the health of your people managers and make sure that these diagnostic tools discuss the real issues of how to be more employee-centric, like you mentioned, that's the best way to create that work environment that you want to create. Dr. DeSantis Smith, always love having you on the program. Want to encourage the listener one more time. Check out the DeSantisSmithTraining.com. I am Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. <laughs> 